And we are live. Lee Ramsdale, what is up? How's it going, Brent? It's going, man. I have a busy day, but it's good. How about for you? Yeah, yeah, busy day. I just flew out to Los Angeles last night from North Carolina, so I'm on West Coast time. Yeah, three hours behind, so it's morning still there, which is crazy. Still, yeah, still morning. Uh, all right, I'm going to compose myself, get out of my meeting phone call mindset, and get into the, <laughs> let's have a good, nice BMX chat. And the first That's thing right. I, I want to start by talking about is like, I've started to do a lot more research for these since I gave them like the official name and, and we're doing them a little bit more officially. And when I was looking through this, I just wanted to say that like I didn't know anything about you before the research other than the fact that I've seen you talking with a mic in props videos and that yeah. you worked for Mongoose. Dude, I had no idea how much, like you've literally done everything in BMX. Well, you really have. It's funny because I, I, I think when I knew, you know, I wanted to be a pro rider when I was a kid. It was just something you saw the the old guys like R.L. Osborne and Ron Wilkerson, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, that's what I want to do. And and, but it's funny. Once I started, you know, competing and everything, I was like, I'm I'm not that good of a competitor, like mm -hmm. you know. And I, I realized I was kind of more of a personality and more of, I just kind of, I, I just loved every aspect of BMX. I wanted to do it all. And, and I, I like, learned that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I'm not going to be great at one thing, but I'll be good at some of the stuff, but I'm going to have fun at all of it. Yeah, dude. I was yeah. looking at it. It's like X Games. He's also been like a on-site like announcer or whatever thing at X Games. So he's written in it and talked for it. And the fact that you ride everything from trails to street to skate parks, you manage companies. And then there was something in a thing that I read, I think it was on LinkedIn about co-hosting the premiere for Joe kid on a stingray or whatever. And I was like, what hasn't this guy done? <laughs> I don't one contest. I haven't done that, but <laughs> you were in um, X games. Who cares? I, I it's, that was very fortunate. I've been to every X Games in some capacity, you know, started out as riding and then doing the sideline re reporting and then judging and then, la you know, TM stuff. But yeah, it's it's been it's uh, super fortunate. I, you know, I love bikes like I just love them. And it's so it's to be able to do all that. And I kind of knew, you know, when I was when I was riding for DK and then I got, I switched over to Eastern. I kind of did that because I knew I could start working for them, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and transition from being a, a pro to kind of behind the scenes type guy. And it's good because I've now working with Mongoose, you know, being the sports marketing manager, I've seen all sides of it. So right. Right. And we're going to talk about that. We're definitely yeah. going to talk about that, but I, I guess to go from super fun part to a little more official thing, when I looked it up on LinkedIn, you are the sports marketing manager for Pacific Cycle. Well, so, for Mongoose. It's Pacific owns Mongoose. Right. You know, so, it's under that umbrella. So what I wanted to get at before we talk about Mongoose is like you're working under Pacific. So like how do things actually work whenever it comes to that larger corporation and having a freestyle bmx company within that well they they're owned everybody not everybody but they're owned by pond 
that's the that, that so is there's an the, even bigger one above pacific even bigger one okay. yeah so pacific years ago acquired mongoose and that's i believe there's so much that ha- you know i believe they were their own thing mm-hmm. and that was you know and that schwinn and mongoose and then some other company derail bought them and that but right now pawn is you know they own santa cruz cannondale gt schwinn mongoose and cervello i think like there's it's, it's a huge wow company yeah so i was just kind of curious because i feel like when it comes to a huge name like that that owns all these things there's sometimes like a negative connotation that people just immediately oh no giant corporation bad but i don't i don't think that's necessarily the case so i was kind of curious just to hear a little bit from your side now you know it's it's funny because when I did get the job at Mongoose, it was I was leaving you know a smaller bike company. I was like, oh well, I guess I'm going to go corporate, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And then I I I show up and I realize it's such not everybody. Obviously, not everybody there rides bikes, but the the core people, like the product development guy for Mongoose, Brian Baldus. He's he's a bike rider. We used to ride scrap together, mm-hmm. scrap skate park, you know, in Illinois and. He's been there forever, and he's bikes are his passion. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but but I think the most important thing is 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 people above me to know that they don't know that much about our world, so they trust us. They trust the riders. They trust me. That you know they listen. So yeah, that's that's kind of the thing is if you have the right people beneath you that you listen to, then I think things can work. And and I feel like it's gotten better since I've been there. Not, not because of me, but because, you know, like the, we have a good team, good mm-hmm. team and, and we have people that trust us and that, that helps. Right. And it makes sense. And I feel like every time I talk to someone like you who works for under like this, these larger names or Kevin Connors, for example, who's under Haro, who's right. also this larger thing. I mean, everyone has a similar message of like there's always people here who ride bikes they get it they understand it just it is a larger thing and inherently that makes it safer as far as security goes yeah yes and no you know because sometimes numbers play a factor and that could but they like mongoose a while ago before i was there they they dropped their team and realized that that was a bad mistake picked Mm -hmm. people back up and you know, they, they there's, there's data that shows that that matters for the brand. Like, who's representing your company? You can't just be a company with no team and mm-hmm. want to be. You know, it's it, it's still it is a corporate company, so there's the good and the bad. Some things are slower to get done. Yeah. You know, and that's that that can be sometimes frustrating. But the fact that they let us do cool things like the mongoose jam where they're not really making money off of that, but it's, it's good for the brand. It's good for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and just hearing that, like they understood that the team being cut was a bad thing. They bring them back. And then the fact that you've been working there as long as you have also shows it's like, it's different than when people see, you know, random Doritos sponsors, BMX rider for a year and then they're gone. Like it's, it's totally a different thing. So I just kind of wanted to get that, out of the way at the beginnings like yeah it might be owned by like a larger thing but there's still a lot of it's still the same like love and mindset right not you know like there's accountants there that don't ride bikes but that's fine they're really good at doing accounting so they should be they should be better yeah, at being an accountant be. than riding a bike <laughs> yeah it, it, and it's just um 
Do those texts come through, by the way? When, no, no, so I don't you, see oh, Okay, anything. good. <laughs> I just see you. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's I, – I really like it there. Like, I've had a, a good time. I feel comfortable. I feel listened to, and I feel like they listen to the writers. And not everything can, you know, be – peachy but it it's it is really good like this is it's um for having a job it doesn't feel like a job you know what i mean and it's, mm-hmm. it's the best place i've worked in in a long time that's that's great it's, i mean i feel like it's kind of a good way to find the balance where you've got the good side of the business aspect where the people might not ride but they're good at the business part then you got the people like you who our core and ride and you get it in the BMX world to come to the middle and make something like Mongoose or Haro GT, for example, like they're all doing good stuff in the BMX side. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's great. I love being the, the boots on the ground to speak type of guy where it's, it's still, it's still in my blood and I've, you know, now getting older, I do ride all bikes. I ride mountain bikes or, but BMX mm-hmm. is my first love. And I feel like I'm just like when I'm on a, a bigger bike, it's I'm a BMXer on that bike, you know, oh, still yeah. same attitude, same everything. But, you know, it's it's funny because if I wouldn't have ridden mountain bikes, I don't think I'd be riding my BMX bike as much just because my body like I had both my knees replaced. Yeah. So I can't do anything like hard impact and it just keeps me on a bike. But, man, it makes when I'm on a, a different bike other than my BMX, it makes me miss my BMX. and I go and like ride that as soon as I can. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that the other side keeps you into our side even more that's good it does it's it's yeah uh so i'm curious too i mean we already said your official role at mongoose is the sports marketing manager how long have you been there since 2014 dang so we're going on third not 13 eight years eight years yeah no no i'm wrong nine nine we're going on nine yeah we're bike riders not math we nope, established this already. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I am definitely, if somebody wants me to be an accountant, their books are going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been there for nine years. What was the goal when you came in? Like what was the state of things and your kind of mindset of it? Uh, this, it was, they didn't really have like a, a, a team manager mm-hmm. for, for the, for the team. Um, and oddly enough, it was Matt Hoffman that got me that job there. Nice. Which it, it was like I, I was I, I wasn't at Eastern anymore, and I was kind of doing some other like I was freelancing stuff for Red Bull and doing just you know doing uh, the do tour stuff with Mark Losey mm-hmm. and just sort of <laughs> sort of looking around and and then Matt just you know he knew some guys there and they're like yeah I think they need a TM and talk to him drop my name and next thing I knew I had a meeting with him so it's uh, I owe it all to him really. That's awesome. But, so they didn't really, they had a TM, this guy, Chris McCardle out of the uh, UK, but nothing in the U S. And so I just sort of started with that role and doing social media. And then, like I said, my first flight there, I, I I'm going and I look up as like, all right, this guy, Steve Wilcox is picking me up. And I happened to Google search him and I, it came up this big dude in a suit with glasses. I was like, great, here I go. Corporate America or whatever, yeah. but it, it was the wrong guy. It was this oh, dude. He rode. Funny. He rode mountain bikes, and yeah, picked me up, and it was it was awesome. That's and then funny. and then went into there and just uh, yeah, it, it's. I didn't know, really know what my expectations were, but once I met the team and realized that they're 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 ready to listen to us, and you know, 
and when I went in there, we already Kevin Peraza was already on the team, and he's dude can do no wrong, you know. Like, uh huh. God, that loves BMX, and I, I think we try to make this team like not a competition type of team, but people that love truly just love bikes. Yeah. At, at the end of the day. Yeah. What what a play what a placings really matter, you know? Like mm-hmm. it, I feel like they used to, but they don't anymore. I gotcha. Yeah, and so in the rollback podcast that I listened to with you, you mentioned that it's Brian who's totally in charge of like the specking out complete bikes and stuff. So like yes. w- were you involved at all with the process of like Mongoose going from whatever it was to what it is now and as far as the bikes and and what we see goes not i mean brian will ask for input mm-hmm. you know he'll and he'll basically i'm the like the liaison between like hey what are you guys riding because for a while our rear ends were way too long you know mm-hmm. so they shortened them up and they um but he know he's pretty knowledgeable about that stuff already and it was i think it was more getting like my role with the team and everything was getting the message out that we do actually make non big box store bikes yeah right you you know and it's funny because i would go to some events and be like oh i didn't know mongoose was back that's awesome but where they've been there all the time just people didn't know really that, so they there wasn't a point in time where it was only mainly the the big box type stuff not when i was there like when i showed up like you know there was there was real high-end bikes it's just people didn't know because so we we weren't in in bike shops right you know so it, it's and stuff was sold online or or internationally mm-hmm. you know it's funny because we are in bike shops like i'll go to australia and go buy um a bike shop there and i'm like oh that's a mongoose in the bike shop and it's so awesome to see yeah it's it's crazy to hear how that worked out because i mean in my mind i thought it was like oh lee ramsdale's there he's been in bmx from the beginning he's what's helping pull them out of this this negative perception that everyone had of mongoose but i guess it sounds like it was a combination of you putting the message out there and brian doing his work to make the bikes line up and make them that i I would i would say that you know and then then we got some better channels to sell like our direct-to-consumer we're able to do that and you can you can buy through there, you know, and and then like um, Albies carries a few of our things now, and so is Powers more Powers more on the race side, mm-hmm. and Albies more on the freestyle side, you know, and it's it's uh, stuff like that's helped. Right. So, as did you have or make a conscious effort to like improve the reputation that Mongoose had? Oh, yeah, you know, and it's sort of, it's all about education because yep. we still have the big box store bike that you can get for a hundred dollars, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started on a bike like that, and right. it's it, it, and I always say we have bikes for every skill level, every wallet. You know, it's kind of a generic saying, but it's true. It's it's You have to have that bike where a kid that can't afford a $300 bike, which is still a cheap freestyle bike, you mm-hmm. know, just something, you know. and, and But it's also you got to tell people that you got to get the right tool for the job. Sure, you can start off on any bike and jump curbs and, you know. Oh, small yeah. jumps, but if you're going to progress, you have to start upgrading. That's what I did when I was a kid is I had some steel bike that I would start to upgrade the parts. Yeah. You know, it, it, until I could afford or save up for like a, a full chrome Ollie bike that I really wanted. 
It's funny that you said that and that I found out about this Pacific thing because the first bike that I rode, so the bike that I took to the skate park the first time I ever took a bike there, and then I went, I rode from there to the shop and got a brand new Fit Complete that day and rode it back. But the bike that I went there initially on that my dad found, or we found at a swap meet, was a Pacific Cyclone. Which, which is like, I think it's yeah. like a Walmart level bike, but that was in yes. like my very first pictures where I'm doing a rolling no footer. That is the bike that I'm on. And it's kind of funny to find out. Like, yeah. So it, it's, and it's, that's the thing is that if people use us as a stepping stone brand, it's just, we want to get more kids on bikes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's not one of those things where we're not in like direct competition with like s&m or fit or somebody like that you know it's yeah i i mean we have the bikes where if you want if you want to be a loyal to mongoose you can still stick with it you know we have the peraza frame yeah right you know and, and stuff like that but it's man just it's all about getting kids on bikes and it's it's funny because we're not really competing against other bike companies we're competing against like video games and roblox and right. things that get kids you know kids are just iPads so hard to get outside yeah you're competing yeah. against the iPad yeah so, it's even like my my daughter she she she'll be like, oh, like let's go for a bike ride she's like oh, I don't want to but when she gets out she's fine so it's just getting them out there you know? mm-hmm. so is, what were some of the things that you did that you tried to educate people on mongoose and what you guys had just go to go to more events go to, to real like it in-person events where people can walk by and see us, uh, our social media, yeah. you know, we didn't, we, we, when I got there, we didn't, our, the original mongoose account was hacked. And so I started that from, from zero, started oh, a man. new account. And then it, it's, uh, I've never done the, any of the, the scams or schemes to, to get more followers. I feel like all ours are natural and, you know, mm-hmm. like people that want to be there and it's just, and, and then have, just doing our events, our mongoose jams, and just trying to be at, at other events, just where I can talk to people. Yeah, and, and then educate our riders as well about you know what, where you can get stuff, what we have, what the difference between this bike and that bike is. Yep. You know, and it's it's still it's still a a battle. It's I think it's always going to be a battle because of where we're at, but it's um. I feel like it's getting through. I feel like people, the image is turning around a bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was just going to ask, where do you feel things are at right now with it? Well, it, it's good. It's like, we, we just started, um, supporting Maddie Kramer. I saw that we were, I was going to yeah. bring that up later. And then, but if you go on to his comments, it's mostly positive. You I know? saw and that. Yeah. Like it, it's good. It's, you know, it's just, I, I feel like if we keep doing the cool stuff and, and, and showing that, that, Hey, we're here to, to support the sport mm-hmm. and, and that that will come through more than just like okay yes we do make a hundred dollar bike right but we also make you know it's funny you can go, bike. <laughs> yeah or, or you can go get the well with inflation it's probably 800 now <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it, you know it is funny you can go go into big box store and get like a, a hundred dollar complete bike but then you go look and get like what three hundred dollar peraza frame but it, it's you know, it's yeah. there. The quality you can get something with good quality. Yeah, and uh, it's funny too because I caught on to this years ago, 
and I, it was it happened when I was in Walmart. And I, you know, I'm BMX rider. I always go, like, I'm going to walk by the bikes because I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, you have to. Yeah, so I, I looked up, and I was like, hold up. Those are three-piece cranks, and they don't look like total garbage. What's going on here? So I looked closer, and it was the, the Mode 180, I think, that was in Walmart. The Mode 90 yeah. was the one that was most of the time there but this time like our walmart had a mode 180 or something and i looked closer at it i was like holy crap like this thing has all these different things on it and then there was a couple people that showed up to the local park on mode 90s and i'm like dang like yeah it's like obviously still a budget thing but they're like they're trying here so then i looked closer right. and i was like no way they make a fully specked out complete bike Full chromoly, everything, sealed hubs, sealed un or mid bond bracket, integrated headset. I'm like, dude, this is legit. And this is years and years ago. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think that bike's there anymore. Um, Oops. Oh, no. <laughs> we lost him. <laughs> Whoa, that thought. Oh, goodness. That's funny. Hopefully... Oops! I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. I, got, so, I, I didn't. I, I didn't put on the th a call came through and it. Just, oh, like, that's no! hilarious. Anyways, was ready. it was good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, yeah, and that's again. That's Brian Baldus. Like he, it, it, even if the bike isn't full chromoly, it still has angles that are good. Yeah. You get on it. You're not on some hoopty thing that you you don't feel comfortable on. But it's uh, yeah, man. It's. Seriously, I keep saying it, but it's about getting kids on bikes and let's, let's, you know. Yeah. It's just like, and I even heard, uh, like, you know, I, I used to be like, oh, scooters at skate parks. And then, but if you're nice to them and say, hey, try this bike out, that's a good way instead of, you know, mm -hmm. instead of being a jerk to the kid, you're, you're encouraging them to, to try bikes. Right. So. And it was just, well, it was so impressive to me to see that bike in Walmart, then look up and I'm like, Oh my God. I know. And you know, for a fact, like that bike that's all specked out like that is made alongside other companies completes. So I've had a mindset for probably five, six years now that mongoose complete bikes at any given price point in comparison to other complete bikes are the same quality. And like, you can't change my mind because I know they're the same. Yeah, I, I agree. 100%. It's just that perception, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's so it, it, and that's what we're here to, to try to change and try to, I mean, you, you, uh, the, I think the biggest downfall about mongoose being where they're at, where they're at is you get that, that parent who remembers mongoose when he was growing up mm -hmm. and buying the bike shop mongoose goes, Oh, they're great. You know, let's get this. And then something does happen because they bought the, 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 the least expensive one and they're you know so that's the only back that not the only but that's a backlash that we get yeah because because they they expect more versus the the no name complete that could be spec the same so yep. that's you you know and it's so that's one again it's all about education saying this is the spike's great to start on great to but you, you know yep. you have to to know what you're getting yeah, and I've been a proponent of this education, especially on Mongoose for a while now, just talking about, like, it's the same price point, it's the same specs. Sometimes 
like whenever it was 2021, I think I did a whole bunch of videos on all these companies lineups of their complete bikes and the top of the line mongoose complete came in and it was one of the best values that you could get in a complete bike. And I'm like, this is the kind of thing that we can talk about to get that negative reputation kind of out of there. Right. Yeah. This and that's, I appreciate, I appreciate you doing stuff like that. Cause it's, it's people are, are ready to, you know, talk crap right away when mm-hmm. they hear it. But yeah. It just doesn't it doesn't matter whose sticker is on the bike if it's a hundred dollars it's not suitable for anyone who's like really really trying to ride right and it and it's funny because we sent i don't know if you remember we did a uh it was a collab with target and stranger things we did this yeah i saw like, those uh, bikes. a bike and i i we sent one to all the riders so because so, they you know it was a cool old retro throw oh, yeah. and i sent one to pat to pat casey and i was like Hey, you want just can you get a photo or video of you on that? Like on the ramps just playing around mm-hmm. and, and just thinking literally rolling. But he does a video where he's like flaring and and just Didn't like, that thing have mags? Uh, aluminum mags. Like they're heavy. And, oh and my a, goodness. And I don't know, uh, you know, you know, the quill stem that yeah. was like horrible stem <laughs> and it just like but he flared it and did all this. I was like, Pat, don't do that again. But it was, it was awesome, you know, so it's, it's, I'm just saying you can get on a bike and at least jump a little ramp or jump curbs For and sure. get the feel and, and the, you know. For sure. Yeah, that's smiles. That's what I say whenever I make videos talking about recommending any kind of bikes is like, if you're just going to roll in circles, go off curbs a little bit. Yeah, whatever you're going to buy is going to be okay. But the second that you're going regularly to a skate park or trails or anything, yes. that is when you kind of got to step things up and don't and buy things once so you can prevent yourself from buying them twice right right and and i see that i go to skate parks and i'll see a kid on a you know like a a big box complete whether Mm -hmm. it's ours or not but i just try to like and i'll see the parent i go oh you could do this and this first thing i tell them to do is take off the kickstand take you know just things and like it'll just make the bike more comfortable yeah so i i don't want to beat this whole mongoose isn't as bad as some people think it is thing into the ground but that was like no 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 keep saying it over and over again <laughs> keep, i like That's it <laughs> the rest of our whole entire talk mongoose isn't bad <laughs> the, yeah but i mean it's just it's what i felt for a long time and i mean i've wanted to like i've thought about you know going and getting one of those bikes and just riding it for some videos and showing like yeah it might not be that bad but with that note you mentioned maddie kramer so what exactly is going on with that for people who don't know? Well, uh, I don't know if you know who Maddie is. He's this guy that's pretty good on bikes, so I wanted to hook him up. But yeah. no, um, I just remember seeing Maddie at, at a contest, and I just lo- I just felt like he fit what I think is sort of like the image of Mongoose, which is go out there, have fun, do your thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not not the flip, whip whatever you know contest rider but he does it he's like peraza where he does it with a smile he has yep. fun he shows he but he also rides everything like he just did we sent him one of our gravel bikes and he just did a hundred mile ride on a stock bike yesterday yeah and you know and just 100, 100 miles on a gravel bike especially a stock one like that's 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 crazy and and that's the thing is he just he, he kind of rides all bikes too and we make everything so i kind of wanted to um, like have somebody that does it all, you yeah. Know? And, and he he has a a good following, which is cool. But it's like people 
people like that he has fun. That's what bikes are. Yeah, absolutely. They're just they're, they're fun. So he's he's a perfect guy to to be supporting and hooking up with with mongoose stuff. I would agree with that. Was it you who worked out the deal with him and worked with him on that? Well, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing him, and then I actually mentioned it to Kyle Carlson. Like that's I'd like that somebody like Maddie's perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it was a while ago, and and then Kyle being the little talking guy he is the kyle that kyle is yeah he he (laughs) chirped into maddie's ear and it just it just started from there so yeah it's just you know and and it was funny it's like um when i was over at eastern you know uh scotty rode for eastern was one of his first bike spots i had no idea so i i that was when he was like what 16 Mm -hmm. and 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 just a madman so it's kind of cool that i've I've worked with both the kramer right boys but it's um it's just it's a good family like you know their parents are are awesome and it's they're just they're all about bikes and it's just it's really cool yeah and i mean it just i think it just makes sense for something like that in that like and i think it's going to be a model that we see more and more in the future and that people build this following on the internet through the youtube channel the instagram whatever it might be and they're also a great person who does a good job representing the people that they represent those are the people i think that make the most sense in the future to really like target at the same time as people like uh who else ben wallace and greg illingworth and and all the other people that ride for mongoose like you have another horse in the stable i guess yeah you know and you got like like pat like pat's uh like he's kind of a quieter type guy but Man, his his ride speaks volumes. Oh yeah, you know, and it's and he and he does stuff differently. Like his free coaster game is like nobody else For real. out there, right? You now, know, yeah. And, yeah, and it's um, yeah. So that's the sort of thing. Like I, you don't want ju- just a competitive rider. You want somebody that's, but kind of just embodies what BMX is about. Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel like Maddie does that too. And that that's. You know, I always get emails from people going, hi, so-and-so is an influencer with millions of views. Would you like to do And I'm just like, no. You Gross, know, and it's just yeah. like, you want the, like that word influencer. I hate just, that word so much. I hate that word so I much. I am it's that, like, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But so, so is everybody that rides for a company. They are an influencer. They're just called riders, athletes. What, Stop saying but the word. <laughs> they're the truest form of it where they ride and love it. And that's what you want. You don't want you know, somebody that, that just, uh, has a tons of following, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I I would agree. I think it's a good move and it makes sense. Yeah. So it's, you know, the fits right in with somebody like Kevin and even, even Nikita, you know, she like, she's out there having fun and she is a competitor, but it's like, when you see her ride on a daily basis, she's out there talking crap with all the guys and having a good time. That's good. Yeah, I've never, I've never been around her in any kind of capacity that wasn't an event. So, yeah, I don't have any experience. people are di- people are different at events than, than they're not. You know, like it's it's. Uh, I go to some of the BMX races, and it's a a different oh. different world than what we do. It's very competitive. <laughs> like I, I'm like uh, you know we sponsor Cam Wood, which is funny because you know there's that Cam Wood freestyle from Salt Lake. Mm. And then there's Cam Wood, our BMX racer, he's from Arizona, but he's very focused when he's there. 
but then I've been on some like uh, demos with him where we just had a track mess around and he's just the, the, the dude smiling, goofing off, having fun, you know? Yeah. So, so contests are, are definitely a different place to meet people because the ones that take it real serious are focused and they're not, they're not there to, to chit chat and, you know, yeah, well, I mean, and, for those, and socialize, but for those people, I mean, that's how they pay their bills. They have to be focused. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, for some of those people, I guess not everybody has a, a sponsor that can pay all their bills. So it's a serious thing. It's like going to work. Yeah. Whew. So another thing I'm curious about, because you, I feel like you'd have a pretty unique perspective on how BMX is doing it in itself, being that you work for a company that makes bikes that are sold at a big box store and bikes that could be sold at a bike shop that are more higher end. I feel like you, you might be able to have insight from different eyes on that. And I'm just curious how you feel BMX is doing like right now. Yeah. This moment in time, I, I think bikes sales, bikes, whatever in general, we're kind of feel like we're in a COVID hangover. Right. You know, like every, everybody bought bikes then everybody has bikes. And I think it's everywhere, not just bike shops or direct to consumer, big box stores. Everybody is sitting on product, you know, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's BMX in general. There's a lot of guys out there, you know, I, I feel like I see more kids on bikes than I have in a while. And I, that's probably part of the COVID. We've got to get outside and do this, you know, mm-hmm. but it goes in cycles. Always does. feels like <laughs> it's every it, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, it feels like it, it's, it's almost like a 10 year thing, but I feel like with the COVID boom, it, it's a little harder now. Yeah. You know, I think 2022 and this year are going to be sort of like a slow year. In, and not in contests or events, but just in sales. Yeah, it makes sense. And I, that's exactly why I asked you that, to get your perspective, because you kind of can see, maybe see, I don't know if you can or not, but I felt like you could maybe see things from that. And what you're saying, like, everybody bought bikes yeah, I, during e- that. Even, even the used bike market is horrible right now. I had a friend go, no, I'm not selling my bike right now because it's everything is so kind of cutthroat and mm. you know used to be able to like right when the covid stuff started you could sell a used bike for almost as much as a new one literally yeah 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 like cars and everything but now that everybody has it it's sort of like no yeah that makes total sense so cool i'm glad that i don't i'm not glad that that's happening but i'm glad that i had that i can put things yeah. together because that's that's why i love in doing these is that i get everybody's perspectives and then i can kind of get them even more of a pulse for what's actually going on. Right. You know, and it's, it's like, it, it's comes and goes it, like ebb and flows. Like I was listening to the Mueller one you did, you know, and mm-hmm. he's pretty much like everybody's in that boat where they have, but, but it's, it's the people that kind of see it coming that, that can, you know, yep. come out of it better. Cause I was, I was talking to uh, Mike Brennan, you know, at Merritt, yep. you know, and they're, they're, they, they seem to be doing good cause he was able to, to see it not over order. Oh, that's stuff. great. So, you know, you know, and then some people, if you do over order some things like tires, that's something people are always going to need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make a tire last forever if you're riding a lot. Yeah. No. Well, what do you think BMX needs right now to get like, maybe not necessarily as far as like the, the personal side of things with people goes, but the sales and moving stuff side of things goes. 
Uh, I think it's man, it's it's uh, that's such a tricky question. It's hard, yeah, you, yeah, and and it. I feel like it'd be cool just if more companies, you know, were a little more united. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's but it's again, that's a hard thing to do. You know, I I, I try to get along with everybody. Not not because I feel like it's good for business, just because if you run a BMX company and you're into bikes, then I automatically like you. You know, right? But it's it's one of those things. But it just feels like, and I, I hate comparing stuff to skateboard and stuff. But you know, it feels like there's a little more unity in in that type of industry than ours. That makes sense. So how do we? You, you, how do we get there? That's a good question. Talk more. <laughs> Talk more. I, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like when, when, just, I, I feel like when we realize we're not against each other as much as some people think we are, like we, like we have to battle for, like I was saying earlier, like getting kids off their computer and iPad, and making parents feel like, okay, BMX is a cool sport. You know, you go to some janky skate park with graffiti everywhere and the parents aren't you know into like oh i don't want to leave my kid here right, so it's yeah. sort of like trying to make something and that's why we do those like uh mongoose jams and that uh we're this year we're not doing like our full-on mongoose jam but we are partner up with the uh, usa bmx freestyle yeah we're going to be doing um little jams before oh yeah yeah i talked with shane about that yeah so it, it, it's and it's just a to where if a kid don't want to ride a contest, he doesn't have to, but he can still come out and, and ride and show that, hey, this is a good, fun, safe event to do, and and just get, like I said, it's all about trying to do more, more events. I feel like if if other like I know like there should companies should get behind smaller events more. Oh yeah. Or 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 go out and do their own, you know. And that's why like I I I love stuff like um like what Crandall does, you know, with his rumble in richmond it's a mm -hmm. it's a really fun event i don't know if you did you go to any of those i haven't been to one yet but i think i'm gonna really try to go to this year's Ooh, yeah those are so just doing those events are aren't easy to put on but they're they're worth it when you see all the kids smiling and having fun and and you see the kids that come out there and just watch and they're like this is oh i want to try this yeah for sure you know so i i think companies doing more events whether they put on themselves or just really promote it, you know, I think that really helps a lot. That and like how you talked about companies being more united or BMX being more united in that, like if company A puts on an event and it's near com where at whatever near company B, they still can like people can work together to put on an event. Like two random companies could essentially, you know, show up and support the same thing because it's supporting the same scene yeah like uh usa bmx events like last year were sponsored by multiple <laughs> bike companies you know exactly. fit was spo was sponsored right alongside mongoose and yep. it's just it, it, th those are just really good because it's it is the first contest that a kid can ride and and do the whole series if they want i mean it gets expensive you know but they can at least go to a couple of them and see oh competing is good for for me and that's why i like doing the jams though because you can see that you can go out there and be a part of an event but not worry about the competition like when we did our dirt vana jam in Asheville, it was really cool because we let the during the jam like we'd like peraza and nikita and those guys they would just jump in and ride with them mm -hmm. so it was just really cool to be able to like 
I'm doing I'm doing a train with Kevin Bros. Like I'm following Kevin Bros. through this set of trails, and yep. it's it was really cool to see that. Yeah, and and with the USA BMX things, those Friday nights they were already jams to begin with because everybody who was there and everyone who wasn't in the contest was riding that night anyways. So it just makes sense to do like an official. All right, we're gonna do an actual little pre-contest jam. Yeah, and it, it it'll be set up to be where like we'll just they'll be riding. We'll have it. At, the first one's in Florida, mm-hmm. I think, and next weekend maybe. Holy crap! It's next weekend. <laughs> yeah, not this weekend, but next. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that that'll be uh, that'll be fun to see how that that one comes out. You know, and Matt Maddie will be at that one. He's he's living in Florida now, yep. so that, that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, it's so, awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think. I don't it's know if I answered be... your question, but I just think <laughs> get like more events. Yep. Just small events where people don't feel pressure. I think is really cool. Yeah, I just went to the Wheel Mills Winter Welcome Jam. Oh, I wanted to go to that so bad. You gotta go next year because it's the tenth okay. one. Okay. I mean, it's good. They're make it even bigger. And Mike Patozny, the guy who's organizing all of it, got a new job has more time so this year's i mean they were amazing before but this year's he even went further all out with it and it was just if oh. yeah i got i was going to hit up mike about that so i i saw him at uh where, where did i see him at darren bolden's wedding just recently so yeah good people for sure and that event felt just i wasn't at you know the changa contests or the early Dirty East contests at the Flow, but I was at the last couple Dirty East contests, and I it felt so similar to that like amazing vibe of crazy things happening and everybody being stoked and someone lands something and the cheers are so loud that you feel them. I know those are those are some of the best contests, you mm-hmm. know. And like the, I remember I went to one of the Battle of Hastings, those are the ones Source did, and it was just like. Like you said, you just felt it vibrate through your body as people were just so pumped, you know. And those Battle of Hastings are a bit bigger than something like the the Wheel Mill one. Yeah. In the sense, like, I think they're perceived as being a bigger type of event. You have more pros, but, God, I love the, I, I love it, too, where you'll see that local hero guy doing something at, at his skate park. And yep. that's just that happened amazing. The, yeah. the high air contest, there was a dude on a dirt jumper, Patrick. Patrick Inglehart, I think is how you say his last name. He was in it all the way up until just the very end. And he's on a dirt jumper going, you know, <laughs> 13 foot air and yeah. just landing super gnarly. And he's just a local guy who's blasting. That's awesome. That's, I, I love seeing that. Yeah, we, we definitely need more stuff like that. And I think the more we talk about it, the more it happens and, the more everybody comes together and realizes like, yeah, BMX is this small pie that some people are competing for, but it doesn't mean that we can't all still get together and have an amazing time. Right. I, I agree with that. hundred percent. Boom. Uh, no, I'm going to change gears a little bit because this is an interesting topic in the podcast with Kyle that you, you did. I know we're mentioning Kyle. We're mentioning you so much, but you know too what? Too much. Too much. Cut it off. No, <laughs> but in that you mentioned, or he asked a question about am riders and mongoose, and it made me realize, yeah, mongoose doesn't. I mean, all, all those riders are pro level riders, right? The ones you do have. Yes. Okay. So, so with that, 
Except for that guy, Kevin Praza. Yeah. He's a top top amateur. Yeah, you all have that, you know. He's <laughs> just putting on that smile all the time. I was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> what it made me wonder is do you feel like there's too many sponsored riders in BMX where you guys keep it smaller to where you might be able to do way more for them than you could if you had 15 AM riders? Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I, I do want to get, I would like to start hooking up some AM guys. But man, that's, that's a hard question because it, it's, it's what you can do. You know, I feel like having a smaller team is just easier to manage. Mm-hmm. It, it's easier to give more love to those people and do you know do do more for them but yeah. it's like yeah that's that's per company you know how how you want that but it, it, i do like that image of where okay you have only these certain amount of guys on the team or girls and and that you know for a while it was only five people we'd sponsor yeah but and, and it was just sort of like a conscious effort now we're a little bit more than that but it's still want to keep it small and a tight team and and when we do these trips they feel so fun because you like they everybody gets along really well Mm -hmm. and it is and that's like when we do the trips it's easy to do that team trip you know like right when i was on dk we had a lot of people on on there so it's harder to get that big crew together and do something right where when you have this smaller team like what you guys have now it's easier to be like all right we're gonna bring every single one of them out for this one thing. right and that's what we try to do with our jams we had that way that everybody out there was i think in some senses it's better that way in a little bit i mean obviously it's great when people get supported but sometimes when i think about it it does some feel a little bit like there's too many sponsored riders who might just be doing it for you know grips or whatever it might be where the people if they if it got trimmed a little bit some people could be supported a little bit more yeah and that's i mean that's how how that's just what we chose to do you know right right it it depends how you know when fbm was around they pretty much just they sponsored a lot of people but Mm -hmm. i think when you went into that you kind of knew okay this we're doing this for the love and and we're I'll just get a frame, maybe even at discount, but it, well, and I've flown some frames to people for sure, you know, but yeah. it's, it, it's hard to manage when you have a lot of, a lot of people on your team. That makes sense. Definitely makes sense. And obviously you're saying it's a per team per company type. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have an interesting question here that I want to make sure I hit says oh, no. <laughs> uh, my buddy Austin from West Virginia just asked because, I mean, you guys are working with USA BMX Freestyle already. He said, any way to work with USA BMX and bring back the jumping contest to some of the nationals? Oh, that's that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember they did those jumping contests at the, co- yeah, at each uh, event. Like, MBL did that. Uh, uh, that's a question for them. Actually, that's a question for Kyle. Here, let me get you Kyle's phone number. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you know, it, it, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure, I mean, that that's cut sponsorship dollars. If somebody would come up and be like, hey, I want to sponsor this dirt jump contest. But, man, they're hard at those nationals. It, they're, I went to one in South Carolina, the, the Rock Hill one. Mm-hmm. There was like 300 motos or more. It went on to like 1.30 in the morning. So I, whether or not they have time to do a contest in there, I, who knows, you know. Yeah, but that that would be cool to do. It's, but I'm not the right person to, to 
you talk to. I think that. he was saying he said he started with mongoose has money and resources, put pinning pitching it in a way of like maybe mongoose. Oh, can right, sponsor right. Mon- that. Yeah. Well, we're sponsoring the, the series, so you got to kind of pick and choose. You know, it's yeah. uh, not like our, we, we don't have the unlimited dollar, but yeah, you don't have the blank check. No, we're not there anymore. Yeah, I it's, Speaking on just how many motos they have, sounds like they might need to have like two tracks at these things. Have yeah, I know two it's, motos it's crazy. At the same time. And that's not that's not every every event, but I know that Rock Hill one's a big big event. Yeah. So, taking things way back to talking about your riding career, you started riding when you were fourteen. What year was that? Eighty four. Eighty four. I, I consider that when I got my first, like, I always had a bike, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I was late learning. I was six years old when I learned how to ride, ride a bike. And, um, but then 14 is kind of when I got my first freestyle type bike, and that was just that generic bike. And I, you know, remember going over and my friend had a quarter, no, not even my friend, this, somebody told me about this guy that had a quarter pipe, and I didn't know what a quarter pipe was. Mm-hmm. It was like, seven foot tall and it backed up like it was propped up against trees and there was woods behind it. And he's like, yeah, this guy, Greg jumps this. I was like, what? Yeah. I thought he jumped off it into the trees. I had no, and then the next day I went and saw what he did and I hit the quarter pipe, went maybe a quarter ways up and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just started from that, you know, yeah. that, that's cut. Kind of like you talked about me riding everything, and that's sort of what we did was like we'd go ride these quarter pipes or half pipes in the day. Then at night we'd go to like the Burger King parking lot and, and ride Flatland, and just kind of rode it all. Yep, I was gonna tell ask you to tell me about Greg Bloom. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he he's just a guy that I uh, he's the one that sort of got me into riding. Yeah, and he still he still rides now. He's like a year older than me, and he has some trails. They, uh, people they're called shotgun trails in North Carolina. Oh, and, I've heard of those. Yeah, and he's uh, he had a house that backed up to to those, and like pretty much kept those going and still rides. You know how wild but, is that that the guy who got yeah. you into BMX is still doing it, still doing it, and we had a, we kind of had a, a a core crew of people, you know, and it's just funny watching those people drop out and who stays with it, you know, mm-hmm. and Greg, Greg was the dude that never cared about sponsorships or anything. He just loved it. Not saying people that do care about it. It's just don't love it. It's I, I cared about sponsorships. So that was just cause I, I wanted to uh, keep riding and keep doing stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, man, but, that's it. I'm noticing that myself as I'm, you know, getting older, I just noticed the people who are dropping out, but now it's to the point where a lot of the people who quit riding that was from my original riding group, they had, they got married, they had their kids and now they're coming back, back and they got, I see kids. that too. And it, it, it's cool. That, that was one thing that was cool about us doing those, um, retro repops. Yeah. It's, it's seeing people like buy them and they're like, Oh, just, and then, but then they'll go buy a different bike. That's, that's, they could actually ride because those mm-hmm. are spec to like they wore in the 80s which are like <laughs> terrible geometry <laughs> yeah it, just, but it, it was something that it, it just brings back those memories and people are like oh i want to do that again and and that's really cool it is good going to a skate park and you see in like the the 40 50 year old guys out there and they're just like just kind of cruising you know it's funny because i i was thinking about how like now 
I'm having probably more fun on my bike than I have in a while because there's that transition from being a pro mm -hmm. to working. And it, when you're sort of coming down from that, it's it's a mind game where you're just like, oh, what are the expectations? And, and now I'm just like, no expectations. And people are just psyched to see a, you know, oh, you're still riding. That's cool. But kind of like when I was 14, just get into it. I'm still just doing tables and X-ups, and that's what I'm doing now. But I'm having that same amount of fun, you know? Yeah, so. it's pretty awesome that we have this thing in BMX that it might be physical, but to where it wears on our bodies, but we can still do it for as long yeah. as we can. Yeah, and you just don't have to be as crazy as you you were, you know. But yep, it's I'll still do something every once in a while that scares me, and that's that's like oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's that's always awesome too. But it's when you get that that feeling, you get all hot, and you start like. Oh, yeah, I have to do it. I have to. There's no choice. Like when I rode a lot of street and I'd, I'd see something like a big rail, if I didn't get butterflies, it means I wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. I just mean like it was either too gnarly or just something about it wasn't right. But if I got those butterflies, like, all right, it's on. I got to do wow, this. Wow, what a perspective. I've never you know? thought about it that way. And, and, and I also, I always gave myself the three rule. Like I, I gave myself three approaches if i didn't jump on again i walked away That's which smart. is like when you do a rail you just jump on and, that, and you crash but you're usually okay that that was the thing is you get that first one out of the way and then you, you can session it or try it for four hours and then, then you're fine yeah that was my problem with rails it's either i did it right away and tried it or i would sit there for an hour and go in circles yeah i i just told myself I was like you're gonna you could sit there for an hour, but it, you know, you're probably going to do it. So I might as well just do it on your third try the most. <laughs> so that's smart, you know? Yeah. So I was looking things up. I did a lot of research for this and I saw you had a lot of sponsors throughout the years of like legendary names in BMX now. And before we talk about any of those specifically, I was kind of curious, like how you first broke into the industry and got connected with somebody it was with um it's called to be home cooked it was my my friend hal brindley he went on to do play clothing okay again this is probably a lot of, like way before you know in the early 90s that that was that even before that in the well the, it was to be home cooked but he saw me at a local event and w we didn't really know each other but he liked my sketchy style and he, mm -hmm. just uh, having fun and not caring about you know about placing or anything but he he started sponsoring me yeah just t-shirts i remember getting those t-shirts it was the the biggest deal in the world you know i was like oh this is awesome yeah. and then that so that was my first and he actually did help me get to some contests like i was going to the two hit king avert contest that yeah. ron wilkerson was doing and slowly from there people started seeing like i and i think it was helping that i i, I wasn't going that high but i was trying really hard stuff and and i was just being having fun and being cool to people you know yeah and and then eventually came up where i got a call out of the blue it was ron wilkerson oh and i thought it was my friend craig messing with me <laughs> like you know just like because there's no way that and then he wanted me to ride for wilkerson airlines because that was before he called it too hip and yeah. i was just like blown away right you know so but I think it's persistence. Like I wasn't ever the best guy, but I, I felt like I was a guy having the trying to have the most fun. Yeah, that'll do it, man. 
and going to just because it was way before social media, so it was per event, mm-hmm. you know. And then I, I would just like I always tell kids, just go out and get out as much as you can. I mean, I was working jobs and just pay enough to where you get like six people in a car that only holds four people to, to you know, and everybody yep. share a room and you get out there and you kind of just grind it until it, and and I was a guy that did want to be sponsored. You know, I don't know. I don't want that to sound vain or whatever, but I wanted, Nothing wrong with I love, I love that lifestyle. I wanted to be able to ride bikes for a living, even though riding for a living meant you're not, you're getting like 50 bucks a month for a while, but hey. still that that's all I wanted to do. That's it. You know? Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with having goals no. like that. I mean, it's not, yeah. Having that goal doesn't stop you from being the guy who goes and tries to have the most fun. No, it, it just made me have, it gave me the, the, the tools to have more fun. Exactly. You know, it get like I ended up on the road fools and those are just like memories that'll just last a lifetime. Yeah, you got you got a good road fools memory off the top of your head for me. Oh, just like well, we, me and Mike Ardeline, we went on road fools too because Dave Frymouth couldn't make it. Dave was originally going to go. Okay. So it, it took two two riders to to, <laughs> to replace make Dave's for, one rider. So, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. That makes fair sense. enough. So we um we showed up on that and that I was just nervous and you know because there was a heavy crew on there. Mm. You know, it just, uh, but I always loved riding with like Jimmy. He was just uh, like, we, we, you know, just gnarly dude that just went for stuff, you know, and he then did bar uh, hops Mike, too. yeah, Mike tag, he was on there and that was just like, I, I've already known tag. So it's just like, we would split up in groups cause there were so many people and I was always try to be in the group with tag cause he's, he's just one of the best dudes just to ride with, you know? Yeah. But yeah, good memory. And it didn't seem like it, but it was when Mike accidentally burned my face. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> this. Oh, we, we're um, just all sitting around the bus at the, uh, after riding, I think we're in Portland and Mike knows how to you know, blow fire with, okay. uh, was it? 151? Some, yeah. some liquor. Yeah. But just take a lighter and blow it. So I was just like, oh, let me get a photo of that. And that was a point-and-shoot camera, you know? So I'm sitting there with the camera, and he was far from me, but he blew the thing, the fire, but the ball, like, it usually just sprays out, and then it's done. But a ball of flaming alcohol <laughs> just flew, hit me in the face, oh my. and my face and my hair caught on fire. You got Dragon Ball Z'd. <laughs> oh yeah, for real. And so I'm sitting there smacking my face to get it out because the liquid's just sitting there, so it's still on. And oh. then rooftop, rooftop was smacking the top of my head, like and like it went out. But I just like blistered up and everything. And then so I just went and got Neosporin and just put it all on my face. And if you look in there, there's an interview where I'm I'm talking with and my face is just shining. And this is before they explain what had happened, so it looked pretty funny. Oh my goodness, yeah. I, that's a good story. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. So I got my face burnt. It was fun. Uh, it's like a, it's like the new age uh, skincare routine <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. To have somebody blow one fifty one on fire, <laughs> re- it really does does stuff for the wrinkles. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and go through and list everybody that you rode for, and if we have anything to talk about with them, we can. The first one I saw was Diamondback. The Diamondback was a, uh, that was like a bike shop sponsor. You oh, know, okay. I, I, I'm not like it was, they, the bike shop basically gave us a deal. The, the first 
real one. I could do like was this race company called Bad Company. I have that friend. next on my list. Yeah, so that was the first one. It was I was at an MBL when the MBL did. It was in Louisville. They they had a freestyle contest next to the race, mm. and one of the racers was like, "Oh, you got a freestyle sponsor?" And he introduced me to the guy, and the guy sent me a frame. It was like a double XL. It was not a good frame for me to be on. I, um, and that didn't last very long. And then uh, James Shepard hooked me up with a with a homeless. I saw homeless and, was on that list yeah, too. That bikes for some reason that's the highest I ever went on vert. I was going like 11, 12 foot on that Jeez. frame. I don't I don't know what it was. It was like that bike just somehow I, I could pump it good on the vert ramp. Damn. And then after homeless, I got the call from Ron. And that was the um, Wilkerson Airlines. Yeah, and then I rode for him for like three years, and that was that was awesome. That was my first like real tour. Yeah, you know we 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 just cruise around the country and hit bike shops and things, and it was that was a great great experience. That's awesome. That was it was. I mean, it wasn't as like glamorous as when I was like in the eighties growing up, and you mm. would, like the GT team would come or Wilkerson himself with Haro. It was like where you have like thousands of people watching but it was really cool you know yeah like we just went all over the country for that summer got to go to so much stuff like so many different spots and ride and it was just a box jump literally a box jump show but it was fun hell yeah were you there for when and two hip started too or was that after oh, you no no that was then it was wilkerson called me and said yeah i got this new company i'm gonna do what's I was kind of bummed because I loved Wilkerson Airlines. Like that, yeah. that riot frame was is still one of my favorite frames. Like I just I love it. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, for the most part, it still had thin dropouts, but everything else is great. What about you know? it was ahead of its time? It's just a bigger. Well, may, maybe it was at the time. It was just bigger. It was one of the first like big tube bikes. Oh, okay. You know, like for strength, and then yeah. that bash guard was the best bash guard ever on a bike. It was nice and flat in the bottom, and it, it was yeah. I, I just love the, the looks of it. Nice. You still have it? You know, no. One of the things I regret. I talked to you know Shad. Yeah. yeah I talked to him all the time because I I went and saw him last year at a there was a USA contest there, and I went and saw him, and he had one, and it just oh. like I got on it, and then all these memories flood back and I was like, Oh, but it's, um, it was just a, that was a cool, a cool bike. And then two hips, then he started two hip and we actually, I think the tour we did was for two hip, not for Wilkerson. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So nice. And yeah, that, that was good. And Cameron Birdwell just, oh was my just getting God, on there. Cameron Birdwell. Well, when I saw Cameron at our first shows, it was like, well, my job's done here. Cause he was just like, <laughs> Superman up. peg grabs and you know, but casually, yeah, it, it was really cool. That's that's cool. So, I also saw Bully on the list. Bully was right after um, Wilkerson or Two Hip, you know, and that was for a short time. Jody Donnelly got me on there, and it was just that bike was also a little bit too big for me. And then DK was pretty shortly after that, and that was Steve Budnick. Me and him mm -hmm. have been friends forever, and it started, like, really slow, like, you know, just small, like, hey, you're, you know, you're on here, and then it grew into, like, a, a good, full factory thing. That was an awesome team. That was really good. When it, it was Doyle, um, well, the first tour I did with DK, it was with Colin Winkleman and Jeff Harrington. Nice. That was two when, legendary names. Yeah, it was Sweet Lou. Like, I, I don't know if you know Lou. Mm-mm. 
he was he was our announcer. He was a it, it, it was a really good good time. But we had, our ramps were really overbuilt and heavy. But that that tour was also a lot of fun. Nice. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna ask you. So you're talking about frames being a little too big for you. Was frame like differences in frame geometry something that people cared about or thought about back then, or was it just like, oh, uh, this frame exists? This frame exists. Like I didn't, I didn't think about it, you know, yeah. until like the 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 riot frame for, was perfect. It was like a night for me. It was a I think a nineteen seventy five. Like it's under twenty inch. Mm-hmm. I think I think Ron Wilkerson still rides a frame that's under twenty inch top tube. Flatland and freestyle at the same time makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, and and then I think around what was it? Probably like the nineties. You know, things started being a little more specific. Like you know, homeless was like that. Homeless frame was perfect okay for, for my for my size and then bully was more like race and just longer top tubes you know and the dk was when i first started realizing like oh there's you know better sizing for me like when i had a custom sob the mm-hmm. uh, winkleman frame that was 19 and a half top tube nice but like now now i'm up to like my my pro i'm riding the praza frame and that's a, a 27 20 yep and that's that's good for me because I don't do any kind of like technical stuff, you know. And it, I used to do no handed three sixties, but I used to tuck the uh, I used to tuck the bar under behind my um, knee pad. Oh, gotcha. But it was a nineteen and a half top tube with seven point five tall bars. So it was <laughs> just right there, yeah. Right there, and then then when I moved to a a, a bigger frame and bigger bars i went and tried one and the the bike just dropped like, oh yeah i can't yeah. so that, that that trick's done right but it's pretty yeah so yeah frames frames of now things are so like specific on what people want it's down to millimeters and yeah it's an yeah. interesting thing to hear about like the the growth of people realizing oh this specific geometry could be better for me or this specific thing and how things have changed through the years of like obviously bikes in the 80s were just terrible geometry for what we do and now things have gotten so hyper specialized that you can go so yeah crazy like i remember i wanted the uh, rl22 frame and it was way too big for me Mm -hmm. but i wanted it i didn't care i would ride whatever you know but now i'm like Okay, let's let's find something that fits, you know, something that feels good. And twenty seven five is the longest I'll go. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I could go back down to twenty point five and be happy, but I can't can't imagine. Like I still have my the custom sob frame. I still have that. I was like I couldn't imagine riding a nineteen and a half top tube. Yeah, it's short. Yeah, it's real short. But I mean, people like my buddy Trevor who does Flatland he'll ride a short bike like that because he can go straight from, you know, riding in the bowl at Ray's hitting the spine and three in the spine and doing all his tech stuff to flatland immediately. And it's right. Right. feels good. Of course. Yeah. So we talked about DK. This isn't uh, necessarily a frame or parts company, but Airwalk was also in there. Airwalk was one of my first shoe sponsors. What other that, shoe sponsors? Oh, go ahead. I want to interrupt. Oh, Vans. Yeah, and, then I went from Airwalk to Vans because the team manager, Kim Boyle, he's he was awesome dude, like just really down-to-earth type guy. He he got a job at Vans, and I was like, man, I'm kind of here because of you. Like, I'd like to follow where you go, and I oh, went okay. there with him. Okay, I got and you. then 
than Vans, it was, um, <laughs> you know, everybody loves this company, Jinko. Hey, they Jinko, played a big part of BMX, all right? They, they did. Like, <laughs> Todd Lines is the one that, he was kind of like the pseudo BMX TM. And he got he got me on Jinko, and then we worked a deal where it was shoes too, when the shoes were really bad. Oh, I mean the boy. jeans, and I wore regular jeans. I didn't wear the big oh, okay. baggy jeans, you know. And then um, it's funny because the t-shirts were big. If you got, I'm a medium, and if you got a medium sized Jinko shirt, that, that might as well been double XL. <laughs> so I was having them send me youth large. Their youth funny. large was a, a regular adult medium, but the. After that, I believe it was DC because I was through uh, DK. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw DC somewhere on the list. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was, um, D- DC was a, I think that might be my last shoe sponsor, you know? Gotcha. I want to go back to DK because we mentioned sure. the DK team and everybody who's watching got super excited for a second because they had that legendary team and we didn't, we didn't go through the whole list. Who was it? Oh, um, Frymouth was on it. Like when we did, did damn kids, you know, it's Frymouth, um, Winkleman, Josh, uh, Doyle. Already super. My, yeah. Mike Ardeline, Nate Hansen. Like it, it's, it's, it was crazy. I'm trying to think, I know I miss people, but it, it was like doing that. The, the first video damn kids was, was it, it's weird. It's just like, you know, people would always do, your videos you would probably film for like a year mm-hmm. but it, that one uh frymouth is the one main guy that did that video he's like hey i'm gonna come out for like we four or five days that's what we filmed <laughs> you know wow for the whole thing for the whole thing whoa i'm pulling up right now so i can list everyone who's in it yeah like we we just would i mean there, we had a few clips here and there that were randomly filmed you know but for the most part that was filmed like we'd go right Remember we went and rode street and filmed with him. And then we went and rode vert <laughs> and then I, I think I was skate park. Like it was pretty much a week. Oh the my gosh. Is that the fastest filmed full length video ever? Oh, I, that was my part. Just my part. Oh, I, I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Not the whole thing. That was, was like, that was what? just me. Like, it, it, and just, I, I'm not sure how long that it was probably a year in the making. I'm sure, you know, but you said that, duh. I just, when you said yeah. one, then the other, I'm like, no, no, it's man. We'd be awesome. If that wasn't <laughs> that should be a challenge for people to like, try and make the best possible full length that you can make in one week. Well, I mean, that's kind of like what a trip video is, but if, Kinda, you, had yeah. that pr- if you had that pressure on you to be like, you're each going to get separate sections, you know. Holy yeah. cow, that that could be really cool. The the one week the one week full length challenge. When my YouTube channel finally makes it and I can afford it, I will do a I will do that challenge and I'll That'd put be up, awesome. I'll put up five grand for the winning team, so each person can get a thousand bucks. Hey, I'm I'm on five percent, so I'm gonna switch to my. Uh, I'm yeah. going to take my headphones out and put put that in. Okay, you do that, and so. I'll list the riders and damn kids. Hey, do that. Okay. Um, no worries. Can you, you hear can, me? Yeah, you can. You're good. You can just unplug Wait, it. Why? Uh oh. There. Can you still hear me? Yep. All right. I put it on speaker. Let me let me get my charger. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So we. Had... Yep. You're good. So we had Mike Ardeline. <laughs> Brian Val, 
Chris Doyle. Chris Doyle, that's right. Yep, Adam Volk, Colin Winkleman, Nate Henson, Matt Masik, Makik? How do you say that? Matt. Oh, that, uh, that was Squirrel. Okay, and then you, then Robbie Miranda and Neil Wood, Frymouth, Todd Wachowiak. Those are the people who had main sections. Holy cow, what a legendary team, yeah. Yeah, it, and it was cool because... Sorry, I'm trying to find an outlet. You're good. If you have to move, it, whatever works. Real together here. No, yeah, move a little bit. No worries. We'll make it... We'll keep it going. Uh, that's pretty legendary. I, I'm curious, like, how that stands with all the other legendary teams in BMX. Like, the, the fit team was pretty legendary too oh yeah i mean you got homan on there right so homan foster aitken uh uh why is my brain blinking on it edwin like that was majorly legendary all right i think we're good now all right can you tilt it so you're on the right side of the screen a little more other side Sorry, other side. Yep, right there. And then, that, this way. Yep. Okay. Now I gotta make sure this will stand. <laughs> DIY. DIY productions or. That's right. All right. So that's anyway, better. yeah, that's perfect. So. Okay. Yeah, we got all those legendary riders on DK, and next was Eastern on my list. Yep, that was, um, I was on DK for a little over three years, and then I was approached by Eastern, who's at, at they're out of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You know, John Byer was, was an old pro rider. He rode for Bully Bikes, and um, and then Mike Corley, those, those are the owners of that, and they approached me, and they're like, you know, we can get you a signature frame, and then that was also in my background, so I was like late 20s, almost 30, I believe, and I was like, well, I'd like to be able to, work for a company you know so that was my end but to sort of transition to it so right wrote rode with them and then or and then started working and it was kind of like throughout the whole time i did both road and, and then near the end of it was for sure more working than than riding for them i gotcha so tell me about that signature frame it was called the ace of spades by uh one of my favorite bands, Motorhead. So just, you know, that, what was it? And that was when, yeah, things were getting a little more. So I did a 20.5, which I rode. And then we did a 21 version. Mm -hmm. And that, came, you know, it was also a complete bike and stuff. And it was just basically the, I got to design the graphics and, you know, the geometry, which geometry back then wasn't too, it didn't vary that much from company to company. Yeah. You know, but. It was, um, yeah, I loved it. I was like, I still do have one of those frames. But, Good. You should. Yeah, you know, and then, um, yeah, I, I, it's just an honor to have a, a signature frame. For sure. Um, when I was looking stuff up, I found a video on YouTube. There was a Friday flashback video. It was uploaded nine years ago to the Eastern YouTube channel. And it had the song by Weird Al Yankovic, White and Nerdy, on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm a big Weird Al fan. 
I didn't realize that song was that old, but I saw it and I was like, wow, that's funny. Yeah, he's uh, I, I, I felt like that fit my, you know, because I'm, I'm a nerd for sure. Hey, I get it, man. Yeah. It, I, get it. I, I think a nerd, somebody that just specializes in something, and mine's being goofy. I was, I'm, wasn't afraid of being just a goofball, and I've always kind of been a ham, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, and just like I, I feel like it's probably the, the the insecurities when I was younger, you know, come from a divorced family, you like that attention, you just kind of grow up from that. And BMX sort of gave me that attention that I miss from family life, you that makes know. Sense. So, yeah, I at one point in time used the song pretty fly for a white guy in an edit so i can relate yeah <laughs> then pretty fly. thank you uh after that i saw black and clothing on there too yeah you know i had the clothing stuff which was to be home cooked and play which are older before most people's time here yeah and then um yeah just daryl knowledge he I can't even remember how it happened, but he just started flowing me stuff. And, you know, it was never like a paid type thing. I just really liked his stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember I, one time I got a picture, a full page picture wearing black and stuff. And then in the mail with a big bottle of Jack <laughs> you know, as, as, as a thank you. Like that was yeah. a, the photo incentive. <laughs> and it was just, it was cool. Cause I barely remember meeting Daryl. And then now I I've like, friends with them more than I probably was then, but I just always loved it. I wish he would come back with that, but I get it. And when your clothing companies are hard to do, mm-hmm. any company is really, you know, and it's just, but that, that stuff was really cool. I, I loved it. Yeah. I think little devil's kind of an enigma in that it had such yeah. a cult following that when he brought it back, everyone just lost their minds. Oh, for sure. You know, I used to get to go, like I lived with uh, Van Homan for, for a year out in, outside of Philadelphia and got to go to the little double warehouse and ride that place. And it was what a treat that ramp was. Dude, I can't imagine being there in its original location. I went and rode Penn Skate where yeah. the, where it was at before the, they closed. I rode for their last session. So ride, I was like in, I was in a right there when the time ended and it was like, all right, skate parks closed now forever. Yeah rip the little devil bowl man that that was a fun and even i had a great time riding it but then when you get to see something like van or foster ride it different level some of the stuff they're doing is totally bonkers yeah like i just saw the videos maybe brian posted him doing that like wall ride like trance like into the curve or whatever it was so good like well, yeah. The, I I love living in that area because I get to go on sessions with those dudes and just like kind of normal, even normal sessions just are nuts with them. Yes, yeah, that's so awesome. I can't even imagine how great that that used to get and crazy all the time. Yeah. So, this is a curveball. Tell me about orgasm orgasmic toaster. Oh, that was a zine I did back in the day, <laughs> and I just like I. Everybody was having all these like kind of cool names, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, or just something that was really related to bikes. And I just was just first thing that popped up, get it, toaster popped up. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where it came from. And then I, this this guy, uh, Scruff, he was an 
awesome artist. He just liked it too, and he started doing all the um, cover art for it. It was really cool. It was just a, a fun zine to do. And then I started sort of taking it more serious, and then I lost interest in it. Yeah, how long did it take you before you lost that interest? Probably, I, I would say three or four years, but to be honest, I was doing one or two issues a year. Oh, uh, okay. You know, in just a little eight and a half by 11 folded over. Mm-hmm. And I remember near the end, I, I did like color cover and like I was going and getting all the photos. Uh, was it like a, where you go to the newspaper and you, you, you get them like legit to where you can scan them and they look good. Oh, okay. You know? Um, but I, I was doing all that and it just kind of took the fun out of it almost. And that's sort of like when I did my clothing company, Useless. Yep. That was next. For a little bit. I, I'm good at the transitions. You are great <laughs> um, at this. Um, but I, it was just something fun to do, you know, and then I started taking it serious and getting it, like it was in dance for a while. And, but then I, I realized I was kind of overextending myself. Mm. I still wanted to ride and still, you know, and, and so I just sort of lost interest in that as well. Yeah, running a business and riding is hard if you're trying to be like the full-time rider and run the business full-time too. Yeah, we did a, we did a video, uh, like the last, I did three videos with them or with, with Useless, you know, and the last one, which I, was called Filler, and we're doing like road trips and giving like per diem and all that, and it was fun, it was really cool to do, but... It was a lot. Yeah, I, I can only imagine, man. I just a lot of work to just do what it takes to make a clothing company happen, let alone make videos and plus try to be a writer too. And, and it was like we had our own screen printing stuff, so we were making the shirts. Ourselves. Oh, that takes even more time. So it just, yeah, it, it just, I never, the only thing I would outsource would be like if we're doing embroidery on hats or mm. windbreakers and stuff, but. At the same time, I'm glad I did it all. It taught me a lot about business and what mm. it takes and, and sort of like led up to my role here at Mongoose where I, I kind of see all sides of it. Yep. I think the more you get entrenched with the business and industry side of BMX, the more it prepares you for any kind of thing that you might do outside or you can make connections with those things so right. easily. And- being on the business side sometimes can burn you out on what you love too, you know? And, yeah. and like it's, it's, you have to be able to separate it sometimes. But even when I got to make like hard decisions, like right when COVID happened, we had this event that we sponsored in South Africa called Ultimate X. Oh, I've heard about it. Yeah. We had to cancel it, you know, because it was like right in February and it was just like, I just remember we had a lot of tickets, a lot, you know, it just sucked to do it. But then I remember I just went out and rode. First I rode and cleared my mind. And I was like, all right, this is a decision we got to make. Let's cancel it. Let's do this. And yeah. So if you can use riding to sort of help you clear your head. Yeah. You know, it's, but sometimes you can get entrenched in business and it bums you out and you don't want to ride. So it's kind That's of like figuring too. out that balance. Yes. Yeah, it's hard not to burn yourself out whenever you're that deep into every single aspect of it but luckily i think i feel like i get the feel from you that you're like the kind of guy you just want to be so involved with bmx fully that it's like that's almost what's fun it is and it's the older i get too i feel like the better the more love the more it's cool like going to going to events or even just seeing like young kids come up and 
like what that one video I just saw, um, that Japanese eleven year old Japanese girl. Did you see that video of her going through the trails? Like she eats it and then they Yes. It just, she yeah, hits it, a big jump. Yeah. And eleven. And like you look at her Instagram, she's doing candy bars and it's just like stuff like that gets me so pumped just to see like her her the the older people like make like encouraging her to get through that set, which is stuff like that's just awesome. That's what it's about, you know, like mm-hmm. going Going to going to uh, skate parks like there's um, what kind of got me psyched too is we have these local kids, they're like anywhere between nine and fourteen, and I'm friends with their parents. Their parents are my age. Their parents mm-hmm. are actually younger than me. They don't ride, but their kids do, and so we'll go to a skate park and I'm talking with the, the parents, but then I'll go ride with the kids and you know we'll play games of bike, and it's just it, it it just gets me psyched, you know, just seeing that side of it too where. For a while, I was just going to contests, so all I was getting was the pro oh, side, yeah. you know, and that's why I like these amateur events, too, because you get to see these up-and-comers, but to take it even more is where you just go to a skate park with the kids that are just riding, you hear them talk, you hear who their favorite riders are, you know, and it's like one, this uh, one kid, Levi, he has a Peraza frame, and it's cool because he got, you know, he's got the Peraza pants from that when Vans did that, and it's just, it's cool seeing that, like he's loves kevin and likes the the frame and it's just really awesome to see that side of it then you got another kid who his name is tyson he just got the what the snm 18 inch one loves it you know and it's mm. i like seeing kids start their journey in bmx and then they pick their brand they pick their favorite rider and i, I remember being that kid you know? yeah so it's that... like and that's that's what keeps me it's just I don't know. It's, it's weird thinking that I've been doing this since I was 14 and that the love is just keeps growing. Dude, isn't that crazy? I just got chills when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Like how, 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 I mean, really like what, what kind of like think of pro football players uh, that, you know, you gotta be done and at a certain age. And, like 30. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Any, but, I mean, there's a lot of other things I've realized, you know, I've, I was at a point where I'm like, there's nothing like BMX that exists. But I slowly started to realize there are some other like smaller subcultures of things that are somewhat similar to BMX in that they have like their smaller core group of people and they have the smaller companies that support these people, but they can and they can do it for a long period of time. But yeah, it's still like it's still this very, very rare, very special thing that only a very small group of like activities that people can do have. Right. And then when you, I mean, you can go anywhere in the world and show up at a skate park and there's a kid on a bike and you have that instant connection. Don't even have to speak the the language that they speak, but then you just, you're just, you're kind of bonded, you ride, you get a cheer, you cheer them. It's, it's crazy, you know, like, yep. and, and I always wonder that too. What other industry has that? Like, is there, is there a professional yo-yoer? Yes. You know, that can go out there and, and he's psyched or a hacky sack guy, you know, that, that well, actually oh, exists. Just, yeah. But there, there's gotta be like, I, you know, and it's, uh, there, I, there's, it's out there. Like you got, my brother's a big, you know, fishes and surfs yep. and kayaks and, you know, but there's that people that do that stuff, but still, man, BMX is just, oh, see? Well, this is what made me somewhat made me realize this. 
actually, is because I had an idea I wanted to do an ice. Is that a Dun- is that a Duncan? Yeah. <laughs> Is that is that the only brand? Is there a hardcore? Is there a hardcore? There's so yo, many. Yo, yo? There's so many. That's what I was gonna get into actually. Is that because <laughs> I had the idea I wanted to do, uh, the a yo-yo trick in an ice pick, like my weird ice pick stuff. I'm like, I'll do a yo-yo yeah. trick in it. It'll be cool. So I went and bought this yo-yo, and I'm looking up a cool trick that I could do with it because like, I don't want to just, you know, do the rock, the whatever and around the world or something. Yeah. I didn't want to do something lame. I want to do something legit. So I'm looking this up and on YouTube, like how there's like what I do, I make tutorial videos and inform informational videos about BMX. There's people who do that about yo-yos and I'm like, Whoa, I bet you they have more views too. Don't they? Uh, a couple of them. Yeah. (laughs) No, but, well probably yeah that, that's pretty niche but well i'm excited i can't wait to see what you do i already did it oh you did it yeah it's it's been up for a few months it was oh. a while ago it was oh, I, well, I, it's I, okay i guess i'm gonna go find it yeah it's it, either way uh but i just that's what part of what made me realize there's other subcultures similar to bmx that exist where they do have these tight-knit things but the difference is that it's way less accessible because like if you're a pro yo-yoer and you go to another town, if if there's not an already scheduled yeah, yeah. event, where do you go? Right. There's there's no like, yo. Know, here's where the yo-yoers. I mean, maybe there is, and we just it's don't probably the longest I've ever talked about yo-yos, by the way. But uh, oh, I'm getting memed. I don't. I know it, but you know what? That's fine. Yeah. No, it is. It is. And, and I feel like BMX has also taught me to be more accept accepting of of things that I might consider goofy. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I went and saw five people sitting around a circle doing yo-yos, I probably would be like quick to make fun of them. But then I'm like, man, I just ride a bike and it's, yeah. it's something I love. And then I, you know, I try to, to put myself in that, their shoes or, you know, just be like, it's, it's do what you love. And, and that's something I'm trying to teach my daughter too. Like, you know, like don't be embarrassed by this. It's if you like it, have fun. Yeah. And when you break it down, man, it's the exact same thing, just less dangerous because and you might not learn as much about like life as you do from BMX because of our like street riding aspects where you'd learn street sure. smarts and those stuff. But like the activity itself is that you're trying and failing and trying and <coughs> failing until you get it. Yeah. And, and, and it's now, now I don't get that trying and failing as much because I don't push myself as hard just because of age, you know, and that, mm. that was a big decision when I had to get both my knees replaced. I knew I wouldn't be able to like do a flip fakie anymore, or do a rail because I can't do anything hard impact. And it's, yeah. But it's it's, I my quality of life has gone up because I can walk better, you know. And it's funny talking to like I was talking to Moeller. He got some like hips or like, you know, we have a lot of replacement part talks. Yeah. It's, it's funny, <laughs> but bionic. Yeah, but it's it's still I'm able to ride my bike and and every once in a while I push myself and it's I've learned be become a smoother rider because i was never the smooth guy mm-hmm. as a dude that would just crank out a quarter bike and land like a bucket of crap you know yeah you're five in but, the quarter and landing in the bottom half of the tranny I, if i rode away that's all i heard about but um yeah it's it's bmx is just i i can't explain how worldly and just you know it's it's made me just by going to different places and yeah hanging just yeah the cultures and it's it's opened my eyes to so much that it's 
no school will ever be able to replace that. Oh, no, you'll never, yeah, that's the whole thing of, like, I meet people all the time who don't ride that just the life experience that they don't have, even at an older age, that I do because yeah. of my bike is something that I, you can never be too grateful for. And think think about all the people you've, you've met, all the different types of people, whether you like them or not, you've just been exposed to different cultures, different just different everything and it's it's really eye-opening i mean i can't even like the like whenever i'd go on trips to asia especially we'd be in we'd go to the contests like and then the the i used to help organize the these contests in asia and the other people that would go to like the the chain restaurants mm -hmm. and i was just like no i'm going to where locals go and i eat you know i've had stinky tofu which is the most horrific smelling <laughs> stuff but it tastes fine it tastes like sweet and sour tofu you know it's just cool to, to get to experience all that and i try i try to especially now getting older i do try to take advantage of where i'm at and experience local cultures yeah that and that's the huge part of things um and i feel like we could sit here and talk forever about yeah, how yeah, much sure. bmx yeah. has done for us and we love it but uh, I'm curious. I saw another thing. I I saw you were the music editor for Ride. Oh yeah. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah. Well, that um, Ride used to do music reviews for okay. CDs, and you know, and um, would come out. And Mark Losey was the editor of Ride, and honestly, I just think he didn't want to do it anymore. But okay. So I like I would get a bunch of CDs sent to me and and review them. And it was, it, you know, you just, a whole, there was just a full page dedicated to music. And I, I, I would also do like, I don't want it all to be my opinion. So I would have guest uh, reviewers that oh, would nice. review what they liked and didn't, you know. And it was, it was always more fun to write a review on something you did not like at all than like a review you like. Because it's fun to, but, you know, I, I tried to be funny with it. Mm -hmm. and but it's really cool because I, I would get messages from people going oh i read your review on this album and turned me on to this band and that's kind of cool you know oh for sure it, it and i was more of a, a punk type of guy oh yeah yeah like you, you know like that's that was sort of i, I did two years of the band's warp tour nice and that those tours were awesome because oh, i would get yeah. to ride with like hot water music was one of my favorite i don't know if you know who they are, but one of my favorite bands like Bouncing Souls, No Effects, Battery Religion were all on those tours. So it was really cool to be able to do to to do demos while they were playing. Yeah, it's awesome. Did you ever meet any of the people from those bands that were like saw you riding at the thing and were stoked about it? I did. Like, um, I'm, I'm friends now with the guys from that band, Hot Water Music. Oh, nice. Smaller, like, um, and then their drummer George, he's now also the drummer for this band, Bouncing Souls, which is also one of my favorite bands. So it's, it's cool, like, still, you know, chat with those guys, and when it, when it, and if they come through, they'll they'll hit me up and go see them. So it's that's because awesome. similar lifestyles where you're just cruising, going around the country, doing your thing for people that like you and yeah, want want to hang out, and so it's cool. That is cool. I remember I was at uh. Uh, the Devil Wears Prada concert uh, at a festival here in Ohio. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but <laughs> no. Well, it's a it's one of those emo screamo type bands, and I was 
probably 15 at the time and i was wearing a shirt that had a huge it just said huge fit bike co and i was just being the dude who like i noticed that the people from the band were hanging out by this fence and like people were going over and getting pictures with them stuff so i just walked over there and the one guy from that band the singer and guitar player saw my shirt and he's like oh you ride and he's like, oh, I used, I ride. And then this, he used to ride too. And I was like, whoa. That's so awesome. Because yeah. they end up being like a huge band in that scene of music or whatever. Right, right. And they still are. They're probably way bigger than they even were back then. And it was just like, whoa. Like this dude just saw my shirt and it was stoked. It's so good. Like I remember like that band Bouncing Souls are from New Jersey, but they, they, they have a song called the BMX song, mm. you know, mm. where it talks about somebody riding by on their hutch you know which is a old that's awesome yeah so it, it's cool whenever a band you're like are into the, the so the best story i have about that is so i'm on the warp tour sitting there eating lunch just in the bus yeah and knock on the on the door and it's uh stefan from the, the guitarist from deftones oh he nice because like, he, he rode he was riding wilkerson Oh no so he, way! Hey, is, is Lee here? Do you want to get? And so we went out and rode and hung out all the time, and it was it was awesome. That's so you sick. Know? Like yeah, just being able to like BMX just brings people together. Can't, if, can't say it enough. The, it's like when you have all these things happen, you just realize how small of a world the BMX world actually is. Yeah, yeah, it's tiny. Sure. Um, moving along there with other stuff I saw, co-hosting the Joe Kid on a Stingray premiere. What is what does this mean? Like, did you ever see Joe Kid on the Stingray? I don't want my audience to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 um, it was like a movie, sort of like that um, what was that Dogtown? Z- oh that yeah, Lords of Dogtown. Yeah, well, it, it was like it was basically a kind of the history of BMX, mm. and um, Mark Eaton was a guy that that made him and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they made that video. Or movie. It was a it was a full movie, yeah. and Jesse James, you know the the chopper guy. Yeah, he he was the one that narrated it. No way, that's sick. Yeah, so it was um, it was just they did a a like a red carpet premiere in Hollywood, and it was to try to get uh, buyers to buy the film so you could see it. And it did, to get it, distribution. And, uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. And and so. Me and Fuzzy were the, the hosts of for do you remember Blue Torch? Not no 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 not Blue Torch TV. What was the other uh, action sports type? Fuse. Was it Fuse? I can't remember. Well, there, there was it was just some cable action sports TV that they used to play like surfing, skating, BMX. I, I know football. what you're talking about, but I can't remember if it's Fuse yeah, or if it's something else. I don't know why it's uh, Blue or Fuel. 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 TV. That's it. It, and it, um, so they were the ones that were doing it. It was like a 30 minute thing. And then like, me and Fuzzy were interviewing people that were in it or, you know, like BMX legends, uh, Spike Jones was there. We had, we did a little interview with him and nice. Yeah. It, it was so, it was, it was really cool. It was a, unfortunately, I don't think it got picked up like by big distribution. So it, Mark put it out on his YouTube. You should look at it. It's a, it's a pretty cool film, man. There's somebody who, had been messaging me telling me i should watch this movie for like years at this point and i haven't yet so yeah i I need to it's a movie commitment you know so yeah but it's it's a it's cool he did a good job on it i'll watch it i'll make the promise i will 
watch Joe Kid on a stingray. No fingers yeah. crossed. No funny <laughs> business going on here. I will watch it. But any, anytime you get to hang out with Fuzzy, and, and it, it, that was a, just a fun experience. Interview freaking Spike Jones, like that's sick. Because he used to ride, you right? Know? But, and and his uh, his girlfriend at the time was Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and she was there, and I, I had a crush on her. Oh but. my gosh, it was like full out pop culture <laughs> right there. Yeah. Dang. Um, but yeah, it was it was good good time. So speaking about pop culture, the next thing here, we've got uh, being in Dave Mira's video game. That's a highlight. True honor. You know, when Mira, like being a one and two and like just having a character that my, my daughter can play me on a video game, you know, like it's that, that was pretty surreal. And, and uh, ironically, I didn't play video games much, but it was, uh, yeah, I remember that, that was one where it was basically they did the motion capture with Ryan and Dave. Mm-hmm. And they, um, you know, and then just kind of take photos of you and put your face over that. So it was the best I ever looked riding because I looked like <laughs> on Dave Mirrors, like his riding style. But it was, that's, that was just crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. In, in the video games. I got somebody recognized me at the airport once going, they didn't even ride, they just played video games. Wow, how wild so, uh, is that? Yeah, yeah, so so crazy. Like it, it was, it was a dad came up to me and goes, "Hey, my kid plays you in a video game. Are you Lee Ramsdale?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's just, but yeah, I am. How the heck?" <laughs> yeah, so it's just funny that they didn't ride. But hopefully, that game got people into riding. You yeah, know? I hope that the 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 one that's in works coming out soon bmx streets or whatever it is yeah it's it looks so incredible and what they've already released with pipe i don't know if you've seen what? that at all but yeah it's, it's so different than it used to be you know like you go play those games and it's like playing an old mario's game mm-hmm. now but it's yeah so that's that was just crazy it's so crazy being in a video game we're immortalized in a video game that's wild yeah, I'd like it to get out on because it's you can't just download it now, you know. So I wish I would do that. Not legally, you can you could still play right, it, right. but it's not easy. No, no. Um, damn it! What was I gonna say? Oh, whenever I started this by saying you've literally done everything like that, you've been in a video game, you ex like you. What else? What's left? Is there anything left? I, I don't know, but it, it's just the being able to. I, I like it. It's really cool. Like I said, I've never excelled at one thing mm. really, but it's, it's, I've had fun doing a lot of it and it's really cool because you'll bring up them and like, Oh yeah, that did happen. And it just brings back these memories and you know, like it's, um, it's, it's been a blast. How mm. can I not like, it's, I, I can't believe like my life has been able to do this. And, and I love it because it's not, I feel like you're still a real person. Mm-hmm. We're you know, like if a, a music or movie star or something, they've got all this fame and stuff they have to deal with where you can't just walk down the street and do this. Right. Like I love being in Mexico because you, you, you just you can, you can do whatever. It's so small, but yet you get to experience all that really cool stuff. For real, man. <clears throat> but, but, but out of all that, the best experience is probably just happen when you're riding your bike with your friends. You know, those are the memories that you really cherish and look back on that's literally that's why i film all my sessions so that yeah 30 yeah. years from now i can do exactly that 
No, it, it, and it's like I have friends that don't love social media, and, and then I, I, I like filming it, putting stuff up there because you're right. Like, you want those memories, and you want to be able to, to show that stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. One second. <clears throat> uh, if you're going to, yeah, hydrate, rehydrate, or die. No, the, I was googling and stuff, and I saw something called the BMX Brain. And it was a podcast that you did with somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you, what was, how was that? Like, what was that about? That was this guy that does a lot of, um, it's this guy, Michael Traford. It's the Apex Brain Centers. It, it's really about, um, you know, exercising your brain, exercise. Like, it's because I've had a lot of head injuries and... You know, it's not great having a lot of like concussions and all the head injuries, and and there's nobody really studied it before. Yeah. You know, you I can remember being in a contest where I literally knocked myself out, got back to and run the next run. Like oh, that's well. dangerous because you yeah. hit your head again. That you know, it could be really bad. And it's, and it's. So I went and saw this guy for like did a week, like whole like uh, therapy with him. Mm. Where it's all brain exercises and. They do all these cognitive tests, and it's. I feel like it's helped me because there was a while where I was getting really irritable and agitated, and I think a lot of it has to do with like head injuries and stuff. Yeah. And it's, nobody wants to talk about it. I mean, they do more now, like mental health and head injuries. It's, but for a while, it was really like taboo, and athletes, especially, they're like, "Oh no, I'm okay." But it's. I mean, you, you know, you break your arm or you stretch a muscle you you exercise it and make it stronger so it's like kind of like doing the same thing just with your brain yep and i i feel like a lot of people might not know that you can do therapy on your brain if you have brain yeah. trauma and i i saw the thing it was with uh ironically enough dale earnhardt jr and on joe rogan's podcast they talked all about this brain therapy thing that dale or right. jr did and that he had like significant things showing up in his scans and all of that stuff that was like dude this is not okay and then he did the therapy and then he got it to the point where he, he got it back to like normal again no it's 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 helped it i think it's helped me quite a bit like uh so i was doing that for like a year and a half and then i didn't i did have a pretty good crash where i knocked myself out for just a little bit mm -hmm. and you know i like broke ribs i actually like collapsed my lung and had to like you know and, but as soon as i woke up you know, when i say wake up it's like 15 seconds you yeah. know but i remember that's probably the, the crash i remember the most and i think it's part because i've been doing these exercises oh. sort of like you know if you hurt, hurt yourself but you've been working out really good like it's you're probably gonna hurt yourself less but, like, I remember everything from me saying, oh, shit, because I knew my front wheel was casing, mm -hmm. to the crunch of my helmet wow. as I hit the ground. And then I woke up and made some dumb joke, and then I realized, like, oh, I'm actually real hurt because my lung was collapsed and stuff. But I think it helps, you know, and it's um, – they're just kind of fun, simple exercises. They're not all fun, but they're – it's just kind of working your brain. Yep. I've been doing uh, the Wordle thing from the yeah. new york times i've been doing that as well as the mini crossword and then the spelling bee thing that are all on that same little website every day and i swear i can feel that like 
I'm working my brain out and I feel like it's helping me in normal stuff where it's like, yeah, if I just like before when I wasn't doing it, it was just you're not working out your brain as much as just that right. one simple little thing helped with. Well, I feel like your style of riding, you work your brain out. You definitely <laughs> think outside the box and, you know, it's like. A little bit of different always, kind of thinking, but yeah. It is, it is, but still, I'm always psyched when I get to, to see videos of you. Thank you. I had the one last night, the unlucky to ice pick that on the corner. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Dude, that one was definitely a mind melter for me because it was like, you're in an unlucky where your peg is under and you have nothing. Yeah. It was like, if I miss right now, I'm going to hurt my butt. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of riding and stuff, so we talked a little bit about it throughout, but I'm curious, like, what does BMX riding-wise look like for you today? It's, I go to skate parks mostly. You know, I, I like, I will cruise around the street, but I, again, my knees, you know, they, they have a lifespan on them, so I can't do anything super hard impact, mm-hmm. all right? Dirt jumps, I usually ride on my DJ because I like a little extra cushion. It yep. does help my knees, and I can ride longer, but a park, I'll go and ride all day long and do... It's tables, X-ups, you know, one-hander, one-footers, just, just or, or goofy, silly things. But I try to get out two times a week, if I can, three times a week on my BMX. More, it depends. If I'm on a trip, you know, I ride every day, but then I'm mm-hmm. real, real sore after that. Um, <coughs> so when you're going on a trip with the guys and girls, uh, you're you're riding with them, too. I try, yeah. If it's a skate park, for sure I will, you know. Like, usually I'm out there first and, and ride around while they're warming up, and then once everything starts filming, I'll grab my camera and shoot photos and stuff, but... It, That's you know, awesome. Yeah, it's just good to, to still ride. And, and I always just want to, to, I don't know, just keep having fun. I feel like the day I don't have fun, like, is that the day to hang it up, you know, don't work for the... Or, or what, you know, but right. it's, God, it's, I, I don't know if I'll ever not, you know, we always joke about doing tricks in your, in your wheelchair when you're 90, you know, well, it's going to happen. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. I, I'm with you, man. And I just remembered after asking that, that I can remember seeing clips of you in those trip videos where you're riding too, which is, I think that's so awesome that you have clips in there sometimes as well i love seeing those it is nothing like super hard or anything but it's just i hope it's like comes across that i'm having fun and this is this is my life that's well it's i liken that to like uh, liken that to like man english (laughs) no i liken it to when uh, you watch a cult video and you're they're on a trip and you see the celebration from like dak landing a trick and they pan and Robbie's standing there just going crazy stoked because yeah. he was on the trip out with them riding and he's just as stoked on the trick as everybody else is. Well, I, I think that's that's what kind of helps when you're the, that boots on the ground guy that just like, that's why I love the, you know, like I'm on these trips, like get to, to see the guys, get to celebrate with them and it keeps, keeps you alive in BMX, but when I hurt myself real bad, I was on a BMX trip too, you know, oh, it was yeah. at the very end. Luckily I was at, I was riding those shotgun trails. I was oh. at home, you know, but it was, uh, it was just one of those things where I was 
it was because I was having so much fun. We wrote all day long, and I was I, I, I chalk it up to tired. Yeah. You know, and it was a setup jump that I because uh, I wanted to really blast his hip, so I was like, I'm gonna pull it as hard as I can on this jump, and I was just tired and cased really hard because I was pumping down it. You know. Yep, that's what does not, it. Not expecting it, so. It's always those stupid ones that you least expect. Yeah, because when you're trying the hardest, like, I broke my arm doing a 540. And I remember because I wanted, I was, I was watching, was at a contest during practice, Simon Tabron was doing alley-oop fives. I was like, dude, tell me about that. And he was telling me, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it during practice. And right before I went to do try an alley-oop five for the first time, I was like, now nah, let's do a regular five. I think I got lazy. Yeah. And just hung up front wheel and fell, broke my arm. And I was like, see, if I tried something harder, I would have been prepared than this. Yep. But it's just when you get lazy and you just don't think about it. You have the presence of mind where you're fully focused on what you're doing when it's something scary or hard. But when yeah. it's casual, that's when you're like, oh, whatever. And then smack. Boom. Um, <clears throat> I heard... From a certain Beatrice, that you are the dad joke king. <laughs> I I think you know, like I was dad joke from day one, even before I was a dad. But now that I'm a dad, it, it works better. Yeah, you but got I a do, couple I, right now. I I do like the quick little uh, quips out there. It's not. I mean, I feel really bad for my wife because she's heard them all a lot. <laughs> Beatrice just said, "Uh oh." <laughs> I didn't even know no. she was watching. <laughs> but it's uh, no, she's she's spot on. It, it's uh, I I am I am the dad joke king. I do like some some good dad jokes, and but again, I feel sorry, Katie. She's heard them all a lot, and she's you know. Listen, dad jokes are the best. Doesn't matter if you're a dad or not. I. Uh, there's that um, one Instagram account, uh, Dad Jokes. I can't remember the name of it, but I follow it and I repost a lot of them. <laughs> so good, though. They're so bad that they're good, and that's. I feel like that's where my humor is. Where it's like somebody's gonna like it out there somewhere. I. I mean, I'd say what I say to make myself laugh, and if other mm-hmm. people do, then it's it's a bonus. I feel uh, like I, I make more people laugh, laugh than piss off, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's the way it should be. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I'm <clears throat> coming to the end of my list of things to ask about, but I'm curious, so what's the future looking like for Mongoose? Uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. You know, we, um, man, it's, it, it's, it's, it's looking good. I think I think the landscape's constantly changing, and just as long as you can, you're willing to change with it and figure out like what's going to make you survive without compromising too much. That that's what what'll really help. And I I feel like mongoose have been really good about listening to the riders, and you know, like we were just bought by Pond like a little over a year ago. So that's okay. always that's always a, a change with you know. Yep. But we're bought by a company that already likes bikes and they like what we do. And, and, and we've pretty much been like they let us keep doing what we're doing. And I think it's 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 going good. And we've been doing those retro repops, which have been they've been a lot of fun, like redoing the Moto Mags. Yeah. That was awesome. Like it just watch it. I went to one of the that Frogtown event, which is old like an old school race type thing. 
and we brought some out there and just watching those those older guys just light up about that product was really cool yeah that's super awesome and then i i brought those exact same mags to a usa bmx freestyle event and watching those 14 year old kids go what's that yep. like, you know it, it's cool just seeing that and then you explain to them and like wow did we used to ride those it's like yeah yeah they did <laughs> they used to they put did. those in their freezer bud <laughs> yep yep so no that was the acsz rims that's what they put in the freezers oh it was just <laughs> one specific rim yeah, it was a Z-Rim where, where people were like, oh, yeah, they put them in the freezer, they'll straighten back up. That is so funny. I don't know if you uh, listened at all to the John Boltjohns thing that I did, but he's actually started a consulting company called Lineage. So it's possible that like, he could come in and maybe do like a Lineage Mongoose-type deal and I don't know. I'm just putting that seat out well, there. Well, that's Brian Ballinus. We already have that lineage guy there. Like yeah. he's, he had like he's worked there for, for twenty plus years. But he has, like when he did that Super Goose, repop, he like, specced it perfect. You that's know, awesome. Like, down to the, down to what, what you know people rode back in '84. Yeah, that's so, great. You didn't sound like it was great. Was uh, like I was trying to clear my throat. Great. Oh. Yeah, cool. Cool. I'm just going to turn my back. Are we doing Actually, that now? I got, I got to see what time. What time is it? Four, uh, one twelve. Okay, I'm good. My next thing. I, I, I just got to check out of the hotel room. Oh, okay. A, in a little bit, but. No, it's awesome that you guys have somebody who's already there who cares enough about those things to make it 100% yeah. legit. Yeah, and, and he, he's real good about the details. Like we did the Motomag, we we called it Motomag three, just so that in their stamp Motomag three on there. So because you get those eBayers and the mm. scammers that will try to buy something and then resell it for seven hundred dollars, saying brand new, but you can't because it's stamped in there. Mm. So that the guys that get the Motomag twos, like you know, you're getting the old school legit product. That's awesome. Yeah, but who? So uh, I heard you're riding with Kelly Bolton later. I am. I haven't seen Kelly in forever. What are you guys getting into? I don't know. I'm, I'm driving this place, and he's going to show me show me the spots. Like, are you riding like, freestyle? What are you riding? No, you don't want to know. I want to know. Mountain bikes. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm no, not. I know. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I just like causing shit. But no, we're we're. Go he's going to take me on some trails. Like he's been building because he's. He rides everything. Like he rides, he's got like an E, like a little electric motorcycle bike that he's been riding too. Nice. But um, man, go, kids, adults, whoever, go look, watch some old Kelly Bolton videos. That dude was way ahead of his time. All I can hear in he, my head right now is Kelly freaking Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> but his his three coaster, like he was doing. Like Pat Casey's type stuff, where you know he was doing those front flip fakie things. For real. Like, like where he has a one flip where he does a flip fakie, rolls backwards, then does a front flip fakie. Mm -hmm. And then he did the like front flip. Uh, go watch some of his old videos. The dude was, re like insane. That sounds insane. Um, somebody yeah, like, just said, I'd like to see a fuzzy. Mid school complete from Mongoose. I would too. Maybe. Maybe. 
that would be really cool to, to see yeah yeah somebody's got to do it sometime right that's right <clears throat> and then wasn't it the colin winkleman props interview where lee parodied the late night host yes that was one of my favorite things i've done and that was all colin's idea because props wanted to do an interview with him and he goes i don't want the standard people just ask him questions you know yeah. with a mic and everything and he, he he's like let's let's have lee do a act like a talk show host huh. and and it was like will stroud did it at he helped with it chris rye um from props came down so it was chris and will but will was going to college mm. for filmmaking so they let him use he said oh this is a college project so they let him use this auditorium and we did it in there nice. yeah and that was a lot of fun that was yeah good times sounds really miss, cool. yeah miss colin he was one of those people that you could ride with and you could just see his head turning like mm. things he, he was going to do like one of my favorite colin winkleman stories is we're out riding the, there's these malls that had these quarter pipes on the side of them called caroline circle mall and next to it, to the left, about 15 feet away, I would say, maybe even further, was a, you know what a holly bush is? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's pointy. Big, big bush. Pointy, yes. Pointy, like, points. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I want to jump into that. So he put <laughs> on, like, this big, thick jacket, gloves, and just launched off the side of this transition into it. And, like, it was just, did it just because he wanted to do it. That's awesome. And, that's Colin. Yeah, Colin's brain. That's pure. Yeah, he just—he was a wild one. Yeah. Ride in peace, Colin Winkleman. Yes, sir. Yeah. But it—that's yeah. Like I said, those are the memories you remember. Like the, some of the, just these dumb things that you would just do. Yep. There's so many of those that we do in BMX, but it's just because that's what we want to do at any moment in time and freestyle yep. is the way we do it it is 100 percent. yeah well lee i don't want to take too much of your time here i'm gonna let you get oh. checked out go ride with kelly bolton but where can people kelly find you bolton. kelly freaking bolton where can, where can we find you <laughs> online <laughs> find me online yeah and what you uh, do uh lee ramsdale that's just you know at lee ramsdale on instagram yep but it's uh yeah i really appreciate it man it's always good talking to people that that love it like i love it and just sharing it you know yeah and i'm psyched on what you're doing with this and, and keeping it different thank you it's, it's, yeah it's really cool to see that and see more of this so well thank you i'm i'm trying my best uh, talking to us old farts and bmx so <laughs> i love it well this is my favorite thing to learn directly from you guys because yeah. I how old are you 29 God, you're not even 30 yet. I'm not even 30. It's awesome. <laughs> it is. 29, I will say 29 is probably my best year of riding. Like that's, that's no. when I felt like I was still progressing and still like, you know, I was living in Greenville at the time. And I was like, yeah, that was my pinnacle years. 20, between, I'd say 20, 28 and 32. Nice. I got three good years. <laughs> uh, I, I, you got longer watching you. <laughs> three good years then. <laughs> No. Hey, it wasn't that quick. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Pretty close though. But no, oh, right. it's great. I, I I really appreciate it, man. And this is this has been been awesome rehashing everything. Yeah, dude. So everybody, check out Lee Ramsdale and keep tuned in to Mongoose and everything they got going on.
Yeah, and keep tuned into Brent Moore and everything he's got going on. We'll feed the love. We already got him here, so <laughs> heck yeah. There it is.